Hey, podcast listeners. So happy to release this episode of me interviewing Greg Heal, a.k.a. the Disney detective, and our conversation on how he collects Disney pins. I hope you guys enjoy it and hope you can learn something. Greg, can you just tell me what, what got you into collecting? Yeah, so um, great question, Justin, and hello, everyone. Um, I, I think just the sense of nostalgia, because my collection primarily is Disney trinkets, memorabilia, trotskis, and uh, that I've grown quite fond to over the years. And I sort of feel like it's, it's always been a part of me. You know, ever since I grew up, when I was in diapers, you know, a Disney movie would be playing, and then we'd all go down to Disney World in Florida as a family vacation every year. So it's near and dear to my heart. And uh, I think just collecting anything related to Disney that I'm passionate about um, just brings me joy. I think when I was three years old, it was the Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty, okay. Yeah. 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 I'll definitely pop it in just more for the aesthetic, more looking at and admiring the animation styles because every Disney animation uh, or animated feature has a different style to it based on, you know, maybe the locale or the country that, you know, the story is taken from. Um, And yeah, it's more out of an appreciation of that. Uh, But yeah, still love it. I remember uh, when I first watched it at, at, at three, there was this one song. Um, I think it was uh, Once Upon a Dream. And whenever that song would come on, my mom would dance with me and do the waltz. Like she'd just carry me and swing me around. And that, that's a very fond memory. Oh, wow, that's great. <laughs> I, I did not know that about Disney movies, that they set their scenes to uh, the area that they're located in. I I didn't know. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. What so what right. age what age did you start collecting, Greg? I think well I mean growing up I'd always be getting like Disney toys. I think for me to actually seriously start collecting, um, using my own, you know, um expendable income would have to be I think around the tail end of middle school, like around seventh or eighth grade. Interesting. So were were you able to trade any of your collectibles with any of your other friends or did you mainly just stick to yourself? Yeah, that's a great question. I actually have. So in the early 2000s, Disney had this huge boom or a niche market sort of erupt in Disney pin trading and collecting. And so they're basically just metallic lapel pins that you collect and you can carry either in a satchel or on a lanyard. And uh, I was like the perfect age demographic for pin collecting uh, in the early 2000s at like seven or eight years old. So um, I just jumped right into that and I loved it. Disney cast members, you know, in the parks, they would be wearing these lanyards and you'd be going around, stopping to them, asking, hey, can I look at your pins? And, oh, I like this one. Can I trade you for this one? Um, And I'd also trade with my friends as well. But I, I think it was it was a great uh, starting point for me to sort of break out of my shell and you know start talking to people that maybe I didn't know while I was having fun on vacation. Um, and like throughout the years, I think until I was like a freshman in college, I, I was still you know uh, wearing the pin lanyards with all the pins and trying to scout out the best uh, the, the best lanyard to look for to see if I could get like a really cool pin in a trade. Um, but now I haven't really traded. A whole lot anymore. I'm more focusing on collecting, either you know through 
uh, eBay, Friends, uh, other pin sites, um, and when I actually go down to Disney World on a vacation, you know, I, I usually pick up one or two pins as a souvenir. You know, your statements right there, Greg, I got a lot of questions from you off that. My, my first Go one, for it. So you said you started collecting in middle school. Did, did any of the teachers try and put a kibosh on that? I, I asked because when I was in grade school, a lot of uh, my teachers tried to severely limit trading Pokemon cards and sports <laughs> cards. And so uh, do you hey, have any I, experience I, with that? I definitely remember the whole controversy over Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, sports trading cards in school for sure. And that was, again, as well uh, in elementary school. But when, you know, when I started collecting Disney pins and other stuff uh, in middle school, I, I didn't really bring them to school to trade with friends. It was more of an outside activity. And not a lot of my friends actually were into pin trading. So at first, I would just rely on trading when I went down to Walt Disney World in Florida. Um, so none of my teachers really put a kibosh on, on that passion of mine just because I, I, I didn't bring it to school. I'm sure that if I did, I would have definitely started a trend. It would have been crazy. And then they would have had to shut it down for sure. But, um, uh, no, never, never really happened. <laughs> well, that's good. They didn't limit your passion with that. Uh, yeah. my other question for you, then you mentioned these pins, which one, uh, is your personal favorite? Oh, Jeez. So I have over 300 Disney pins. You over 300? Yes, sir. I, I have my own leather Disney World licensed satchel, and I'm running out of space because I'm, I'm still buying some. But uh, it's a really tough question because each one bring, like, elicits a different memory of mine or like a favorite scene from a Disney movie. So um, I, I have to say there's this Epcot pin. So you have like Spaceship Earth, which is the icon for the Epcot park. And then you have um, Mickey Mouse's uh, hand uh, sort of right up above it holding a magic wand. And it's sort of sprinkling out some, uh, I don't know, some glitter. And uh, that was, that is probably my favorite pin just because it was one of the first pins that my mom gave me as I started my pin collecting, you know, just to build up enough pins where I can go out and trade. So I've never traded that one. And it's always been, you know, front page, top row in my pin satchel. Wow. That is, that's remarkable. I had no idea that they, they could create pins like that. You know, you, you mentioned that your mom uh, got you into collecting with the first pin that she gave you. So it's sort of sentimental. Right. But I know a lot about collectors, a lot of their items are very close to their hearts. So, Here's a question for you. Would you ever sell your collection? I would definitely not. And that's no. just because of how much it means to you, the amount of time, effort, and passion you put into finding those things that there's no monetary price that would uh, cover the amount of emotional attachment you have to it then. Exactly. And also, you know, when I grow older and I have kids and grandkids, I want to be able to share it with them, tell them stories on, oh, how I got this pin. Uh, and sort of, you know, give them that, you know, when I pass, you know, it's like a little bit of a, of a, you know. Well, I mean, I can see it right now, Greg, that with your kids and grandkids, you guys you probably have one heck of a Halloween party with uh, all the different <laughs> costumes and outfits you guys could have. The permutations and combinations are just limitless.
<laughs> always fun. <laughs> so here's another question I have for you. You know, you mentioned a little bit about your expertise, which pins you like to collect. Think about here from a, a beginner's perspective. If you had to give some advice to someone just starting today, you know, the internet, there's so much information out there. Right. What does someone need to know? What type what type of mistakes can they avoid or uh, errors that you see beginners make that you would like to tell people about? Right. That is a great question. So my my biggest piece of advice is to, like, if, if you're starting to collect pins, um, I wouldn't recommend going down to Disney World and buying, like, a starter set. I mean, sure, they have some great designs, but... Uh, it, it doesn't really give you as much bang for your buck as if you were to go, say, on eBay and you get a lot of 100 Disney pins for a huge discounted price. Then you can take all those pins with you and start trading them with friends, family, and, you know, cast members down in, in, in Walt Disney World. Um, another thing is, you know, if you really love, like, a pin that you're starting out with, don't trade it because you'll just be really sad when you let it go. Uh, and I've definitely had that, um, you know, growing up. Before I bought all those, you know, extra pins on eBay, you know, some little extra fodder to just, you know, get, you know, sort of trade up and get better pins, uh, I would trade pins that I liked because I didn't have other pins, you know, in the wings. Uh, and, you know, I definitely regret trading about 10 to 15 Disney pins you know, throughout my 15 years of pin trading. Um, and I, I just can't, can't tell you enough, you know, if you're starting this, you, you should have, you, you should think of it this way. You have the pins that you want to collect and keep and pins you want to trade. So you can definitely search for both, but make sure that you buy certain pins that you don't really have an attachment or you don't really love. Uh, and you can get that, you know, super cheap on eBay, you know, a lot of 50, a lot of 100 that you can use to trade, but keep the ones that you really love to collect and to, you know, keep with you forever. That's some, that's some great advice, Greg. You know, you mentioned eBay a couple of times on the podcast. If if you're a beginner, is that where you would go to look and, and trade with other people? Is that your best bet? Uh, to look, yes, definitely to look and to get pins so you just have enough so you can trade, but not to actually trade on eBay. There are a lot of other sites that you can actually, you know, trade online. Uh, I, I forget what it's called. I think it's like Disney Pin Picks, maybe. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but I think your best bet is to trade face to face, you know, in front of another person, so you know exactly what pin you're getting. Because it's, it can get very tricky online. I would definitely recommend buying pins online but trading in person that that makes a lot of sense so have you uh made any personal mistakes or series you want to uh stories you'd like to share when it comes to uh, uh how you got a favorite pin or how you um just got to where you are with it yeah sure um so one of my favorite stories that i like to tell is um, getting this one pin that was um, it's the Disney Wilderness Lodge logo pin. And it was, it's really cool. It's like double lapel. So it sort of has um, a different feel to it and different characters sort of stand out a little bit further up off the pin. And like I said, it's just a logo of 
uh, one of Disney's Magic Kingdom resorts, the Wilderness Lodge. And I remember I was, I think this was the second year that I got into pin trading. So it had to be around 2001. And I was at Epcot, right underneath the spaceship Earth, you know, right before the, the queue starts. And I bump into this guy, and he wasn't a cast member. He, he wasn't really affiliated with Disney. He was just like a fellow pin collector. But he had to be around 35, 40 years old. And he didn't have a lanyard where he put his pins. He had a, a whole vet a vest full of pins that were just shining in the night. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy is legit. And so, um, yeah, he, he just, you know, stopped me. He's like, hey, you have some pretty cool pins. Would you mind, you know, trading? I was like, uh, sure. And he was very kind. You know, he let me look at all the pins. He probably had over 50 on his vest. And I finally, you know, found the Wilderness Lodge logo pin just because I, I uh, recognized the logo. I, my family and I, we would stay at the Wilderness Lodge um, as uh, when I was growing up. That was our home, home resort. So I definitely said, hey, I want this one. I forget the pin that I traded for that, but it was, it was a very happy trade. I do not regret it. And again, it's, it's right next to that Epcot pin that my mom gave me. So it, it has a great significance to me. And over the years, you know, the, the, the painting has sort of faded. Uh, and you can see more of the brushed metal, but still, I mean, I, I think it's just a great, a great souvenir to have. Well, the fact that you remember that pin, the fact that uh, you don't remember the one you gave away, I, I would say you <laughs> won that trade, Greg. <laughs> you know what? I'd agree. I'd agree, Justin. <laughs> so, Greg, if, if you were given a microphone in front of a room with a million people in it, and you had to sell everybody on why they should collect Disney pins, what would you say? I'd say you 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 definitely got to do it because it. I think it will enrich your life, uh, especially if you're a Disney fan and you like going to the parks. I figure it, it adds to your vacation and your memories. It definitely did for me. It helped me break out of my shell as a kid uh, and you know talk to people who shared the same passion because it's so easy to talk to like-minded people who who have an interest in what you in what you also have. Um, but, you know, I, I think I'm not alone when I say that Disney definitely has been a part of my life. And, you know, it, 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 it was a huge place, a huge part of my childhood. And I think the more you can remember those great moments of your childhood, you know, the happier that you'll be. And for me, it's definitely with pin training because it, it's definitely up there. Um, and I don't foresee myself ever stopping pin collecting just because I love it so much. And every year, literally, actually every month, uh, Disney comes out with new pins, limited edition um, or, you know, huge mass produced pins that just every month, it just amazes me at the designs that they create and the lengths that they go to and how creative they can be. So it, it definitely is a great investment. Like I said, it's a niche market and it's only been growing ever since it started in the early 2000s. And it's something you can always hang on to. You know, you can also wear it on a blazer. You can wear it on a baseball cap. You can wear it on your backpack to further personalize it, show your love for Disney. 
and even, you know, when you're older, you can, you know, give those as heirlooms to your sons and daughters and granddaughters and grandsons. So uh, I figure that it's a win-win situation in everything. You know, you're, you're just following your passion. I think everyone uh, left the room, Greg, is lining up to buy it, go and run out to the nearest store to grab some pins. <laughs> well, I still know the great answers. Thank you. So, you know, you mentioned the limited edition pins. You know, this is, a dip, uh, in my mind, a difficult question. Do you have any idea or what's the most you've seen a Disney pin sell for? So there's this one incredibly rare Disney pin. And it was made for cast members for their 50 years of service at the Disney theme parks. And they go for, I, I forget how many were made. It's because, you know, 50 years, that's a huge milestone. I want to say maybe around 100 or 200 were made. Uh, and they were given out quite a long time ago, maybe over two decades ago. And it's, it's brushed silver, I think, with Steamboat Mickey. Um, in the center of this oval pin, and it goes for around three thousand to five thousand dollars. Just that pin <laughs> alone. Oh, wow! Right? I know. I was floored when I found that out, and that sort of made me think. Well, hey, in my collection, do I have any uber rare limited editions? And I, I do have quite a few limited edition pins, like limited edition of two hundred fifty or five hundred or a thousand, but nothing close to that. 50 years of service cast member pin. Um, but yeah, that, that made my jaw drop. Wow. I mean, the thought that comes to my mind that if I was ever at Goodwill or at a grad show and I saw someone had Disney pins, I would for sure be looking at that pin because I'm sure they would not know the real value of it. Right. Right. I know. And, you know, one more thing, Greg, you know, a lot with your answers, you mentioned the social aspects of uh, collecting. You belong to any like Facebook groups or, uh, people online that you connect with and, and try and find new people to trade with? Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, there are quite a few Facebook pages that I'm a part of that, you know, we talk exclusively about Disney, share Disney advice, Disney pictures, Disney pins, everything like that. It's It's been a great uh, group to be a part of. Met some good friends on there. Continue to talk with them. Um, and, yeah, I'm sure there are even more out there that I don't even know of or I haven't found yet. Uh, but, you know, that's that's just the beauty of, you know, living in a global world. You never know who can, you know, turn into a great friend of yours and be, you know, one of those people that you go to if you want to trade a pin. Well, I mean, I, I imagine that, like you said, the groups that are out there that you don't even know about, that your news feeds already – Building up with people uh, blowing it up on <laughs> Disney pins, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, hey, Greg, I uh, we're about to wrap up here. Before we part ways, are there any uh, last comments you want to tell our listeners? Yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you were able to take something away from it, and maybe I, I sparked a little interest in you to look up Disney pin trading and maybe get into it. Uh, you can't really go wrong with it. And I've, I've loved collecting it for the past 15 years and I'll definitely continue to in the foreseeable future. Um, if you definitely want to see or hear more about any Disney pins that I have or upcoming pins, I have 
a YouTube channel called The Disney Detective, and where I talk about Disney trivia, Disney updates, Disney pin collecting, pretty much I'm your, your magical source on everything Disney. So definitely look that up. I also have an Instagram for The Disney Detective called Disney underscore detective. And uh, yeah, I just put up some fun pictures that I've made just to keep, you know, people engaged. So hopefully uh, you will find some uh, enjoyment in those two things. Well, Greg, I'm, I'm sure everyone listening here today found a lot of value and could feel the energy and passion coming from your voice. So thank you. It's been a pleasure having you on the show today. Oh, it's it's my sincerest pleasure. Thank you for thinking of me and for letting me just talk about what I'm passionate about. I love doing this. So I I wish you success in the future and, you know, that your podcast brings on some, some more great people.